0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. My guest today worked for Club Med from 2002 to 2008, and then he went back in 2010 to 2012. He held such positions as mini club, land sports, ski instructor, and chief of sports, to name a few. His first season was in Club Med Sandpiper as a mini club geo. Before Club Med, he was a PE teacher. He hiked all 211 miles of the John Muir Trail with his father, and he did the hammer throw in college studied kinesiology. Please help me welcome from Red Bluff, California, now living in Las Vegas, Nevada, Brian Tranbarger. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, Greg. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much for for agreeing to come on. Uh, I like when people say yes. Okay, it makes my job so much easier.
1: (laughs) Glad to be here.
0: Okay, Uh, you ready to light this fire, as the kids say? Definitely, definitely. looking forward to it. Okay, so Red Bluff, I've, I've been looking up some photos of Red, Red Bluff, California. It's it's awfully beautiful, right? Like, are you surrounded by water on both sides? Because I, I saw this photo of Red Bluff. It almost looked like Cancun, like where Cancun's on this peninsula. Is, it, is, this, is this right or, or is Wikipedia wrong?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I would like to say you're right. It's not quite that luxurious. It is in California, and it's definitely uh, it's up north. It's uh, It's got lakes and rivers. Uh, but we are about a two and a half hour drive from the ocean, so we're definitely not surrounded by the ocean. But plenty of lakes, lots of rivers. So well, we have the Sacramento River, I guess it's a that that runs through it, and then yeah, Lake Shasta, Lake Oroville, Whiskeytown Lake. Quite a bit of water, but yeah, not a peninsula so to speak, but a beautiful place all the same.
0: You have a big rodeo there, no?
1: Yeah, we do. We uh, it, at one point was the largest two day rodeo in the world. Home of Red Rock, the uh, the bull that was only ridden by one one cowboy. The movie Eight Seconds was actually based off of that bull, and he came right out of Red Bluff.
0: Oh, was that the bull came out, or was that was that Lane Frost that movie? That uh, was. was it, look at okay. you, yeah,
1: Lane Frost, played by Luke, the late Luke Perry, yes. uh, back in uh, the nineties, I believe, maybe a 95, yeah. 96 movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, good one. So Lane Frost is from from your neck of the woods?
1: Lane Frost is from, he's not from Red Bluff. Um, The bull was raised in Red Bluff. Oh boy, Uh, okay. Yeah. And if you want a, a, a short little story to start, that bull was raised and then retired in Red Bluff. My mom taught third grade right there in Red Bluff and they brought the bull after it had been retired to the school and let kids literally sit on the bull and take photos no are you serious serious so if you ever want to know a little bit about rodeo um, okay. watch the movie you'll learn but those bulls you know they go crazy for a hot minute but man when they yeah. get retired and they don't have the the cinch on their groin that's sort of they yeah. uh, they're quite uh they're quite docile and yeah kind of neat to see that
0: Wow. Okay. I never thought anyone would stick a kid on the top of that thing, but okay. yeah,
1: the whole third grade class.
0: <laughs> All right. And yeah, I have some questions with the hammer throw because I've never met anyone who's done it. Now this is going to be a, a compliment. Okay. So please take it as such. Okay. Like I always wondered why anyone would want to do that, that sport and track and field, because this is the one where you're, you're spinning around and around really fast, right? Like centric, centrifugal force off the charts. And then you're hoping to throw it where you're supposed to. Am I right? That's the hammer throw, right?
1: Nailed it. Nailed okay. it. Yeah. Now,
0: how do you not miss? Like, how do you know when to stop that? Are you counting in your head or something? How does, how does that work?
1: <laughs> well, if you watch enough YouTube, you'll see plenty of hammers going the wrong way. Um, yes. Yeah. But it's all about timing. And obviously, you practice, you practice, you practice. And uh, with anything, things go wrong. But you just hope the more jo- majority of the time, the the hammer goes the right direction. And surprisingly, it, it is. Uh, it just becomes a... It becomes one of those impulses, you know, when your foot hits the ground, you know, when the ball is up or the ball is down, we refer to it to as the ball. I mean, I've, I sent plenty of hammers into the net, but, uh, I, I would like to say the majority of my hammers went out into the field.
0: Okay. <laughs> now, now at what point was it during college that you heard about Club Med or you had, you heard about Club Med before, but you'd never really gone there. Like, do you, do you call where you were or when you first heard about it?
1: One hundred percent, yeah. And I, I bet most most GOS, I would think, because you know, for the for the majority of us, Club Med was such a positive and fun thing. You you like to to look back onto your first season and to why you ever did it. I can remember vividly being in at Chico State. Um, one of my roommates by the name of Nick Bernardo, good friend of mine still. He uh, one day we're having a conversation. He says, Brian, you would love Club Med, and I'm like, I what is Club Med? Why would I love it? I just went there with my dad. We went scuba diving. Yeah, you'd be great. You'd be the perfect towel boy. He just he'd hand towels to the girls and and they'd love you. <laughs> and so that was really the first time I'd ever heard of it and I didn't think much of it. I mean, obviously it sounded great, but uh, I was still at Chico State studying. At the time I had a girlfriend and uh we'd been together for a few years. Another year after that, we decided to go our our separate ways. I mean, typical young love. You think you're Going to go get married and have kids, and you know, life happens. I graduated from college and I was like, Man, I really don't know what I want to do right now. And my buddy Nick again said, Dude, look at Club Med. So I literally went online, I just sent in a random application, I got a phone call. Three days later, and I'd say a week later, I was putting my stuff in a storage unit, and they sent me to Sandpiper.
0: So, your inter- interview-wise, did you did you did they make you do anything? That was it, just a one-on-one interview. Do you recall? Yeah,
1: that? yeah, I do. I don't remember the girl that did my interview, but I remember going down to San Francisco. It was about a four-hour drive. I uh, drove down there. I met—I can't remember her name for the life of me super nice girl. She'd been a geo and we met in the coffee shop. She asked me about six or seven questions. And I remember being nervous because I was never a big dancer and I'd heard about these, the dances that you had to do. And, and I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta break out of my shell. If this is going to be a thing that I do. And so one of the things you had to do, you had to perform something I think in in the interview and because I came from red bluff country swing is just kind of a, a natural thing you learn when you're a kid and I'm like, you know, we'll, we'll just give it a shot. And so I, I stood up and I, I did a little com- little country swing with the, the girl who did my interview. And I don't know if that sealed the deal, but like I said, I, I think I was well, called yeah. like three days oh. later, and, and off okay. I went.
0: Hold up, <laughs> hold up, one second. So is this like uh, is this the same as line dancing that I see in, uh, in the movies? They come no, the no, no. It's not.
1: It is. Uh, it is a little bit more like. If you look at swing dance to like the Roaring Twenties tunes, yeah. uh, that's a little bit more organized. Swing dance country style is very similar moves, It's a little bit more chaotic.
0: <laughs> okay, so you you did this with with the with someone who who hadn't done it before.
1: Yeah, she she was good because she was she worked club med, so obviously she was willing to to kind of stand up and do whatever. And uh, we didn't put any music on. I just did a couple little turns and said, "I'm going to teach you a couple moves," and boom. There we let me, have
0: it. But let me guess—you had ach- achy, breaky heart running through your head, though, when you're doing yeah, this. Right? Yeah, no, back, okay. Back then, that was about—that's about right. <laughs> well, you're probably the only ex-GEO that got a job because of—of of, wow, I've never heard that. See, this is why I like this show because everyone's origin story is completely different. So you're, you're the first and only one I've heard like that—that that did that during their interview. So congrats. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Is there a video of this anywhere online?
1: No. I mean, this is really, you know, it's funny. It's before iPhones, right? This is 19. No, this was 2002. Two. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on that. But the beauty of not having people recording anything and everything all at the same time. You know, it's unfortunate yet fortunate. So, yeah, I wish I had a video of that, but at the same time, you know, plenty of other things I'm glad we didn't have iPhones for.
0: Well, did you ask for a mini club or that's where they put you? So, somebody, I, can't, I think maybe
1: this, the recruiter, I, I remember asking, Hey, what do I have to do? I, I'm ready to go. I want to get out and do something, you know, different. She said, Well, we really need people in, in the mini club working with kids. And luckily, I studied kinesiology, but I also studied, uh, it was kind of a joint degree. It's uh, kinesiology and teacher education. So I knew I wanted to get into teaching at some time. Club med wasn't my end game at this time. I thought I'll do club med for a couple of years or maybe six months and leave. So I loved kids and I still love kids. I've got two of my own now. And I'm like, yeah, sign me up for mini club, No problem. So that was an easy sell for them because lo and behold, there was three guy, there were three guys on the mini club team, and I think forty five girls. So I I understood that there was a need for kind of a male position there, and I mean, do the math, it was it was great for the three guys.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, and and you luck out by having Hammer as your chief of village, right?
1: One hundred percent. You can't get any better than that.
0: So do you remember anything of that? Were you like wide eyed and bushy tail when you arrived? Were you nervous? Were you any, I guess there wasn't much Club Med culture shock because it's Sandpiper, right? I mean, uh... a
1: lot of culture shock. I just uh, being a, a Northern California, small town, I didn't know much, no, no offense, but I didn't know they spoke French in Canada. You know, it was, it was one of those things. I was ignorant. I didn't know. I didn't know much about our, our my neighbors and uh, walking into Club Med and being greeted in French, I thought, what is going on here? Good old David was my was was the man that that greeted me. Uh, you guys all know Dave David. He, <laughs> yeah, I won't go into that, but I, I still love Dave um, till till the end. But yeah, I, I saw people on a microphone. I saw people dancing. I saw people wearing all white, and I thought, man, I don't know what I'm getting into. But you know it it was. I think we all kind of got had that little shock when we, when we walked in our first time. And, um, luckily I, I, like you said, I had hammer, um, had a handful of other great GOs. I mean, just to name a few JP delay, JK, Nicole Cooper, Aranyo Ortiz, Bruno Santos Boone was there. Adam Macy was there. Trevor Ray was my chief of mini club I mean, James Martin was there. I mean, I could, and I probably missed 30 other, you know, classic GOs, but I really came in at a sweet spot.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's, I know almost everyone you, you mentioned, but I didn't know you had all that talent there. Wow. That's pretty cool.
1: Oh, it was, it was a dream team. I think a lot of them had just come from Cancun. Jennifer Lopez was there. I mean, that woman was amazing. I mean, obviously we've lost her now and, uh, that i mean to, to get and i got to work with jenny a, a few times and and that was a treat and uh yeah as as vlad malin <laughs> david mayer i mean it, it was it just the list goes on hammer is obviously the best when it comes to getting a team together and i tell you i mean if, if there there couldn't have been i mean if you would have been there maybe it would be perfect but you know other than that <laughs> it was, it's pretty nice yeah
0: <laughs> Oh, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good first season, man. You lucked out for sure. Definitely. Well, I I don't want to move on. Like, I, I do want to get to Crested, but I do, I do want to know if you got, uh, did you make any rookie first season blunders that season? Or uh, did any mm. uh, any one story come to mind that you could share?
1: I mean, this is how green I was. And, and I don't know, this is probably a good thing. I remember after about two weeks, three weeks, realizing how amazing of a leader Hammer was. I mean, I loved meetings. Uh, uh, That might sound dorky, but uh, listening to him speak, I was so motivated. And of course I'd never been anywhere else. So hearing the words Turks and Caicos and Punta Cana and uh, Crested Butte, at first I thought they were people (laughs) because I didn't know what, I didn't know what villages really were. I mean, I was green, green and I I eventually learned, you know, those, those are the places I want to go but I loved listening to Hammer speak. And I remember it was Western night and I had been you know, up at eight and it was 5.30, the last kid left. And then I was back at the bar at 6.30 and I didn't shave. And back then there was no five o'clock shadow allowed. You had to be clean shaven. And I, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't shave. and And I didn't shave That morning, so it was from the day before. So, and I don't have a lot of at the time. I wasn't a really facial hair guy, but I just remember hearing in one of the meetings, clean shaven, you know, no ripped jeans, no tattoos, none of this, and and in a good way. But I remember being at that bar, just sweating bullets, thinking, man, if Hammer walks in here and sees me, he's gonna send me home. I'm never gonna work for Clement. (laughs) And sure enough, Hammer came in, and at the time, I think I'd had two conversations with Hammer. Yeah, he was the boss. I was just the first season GO. And and he walks up to the bar. I was one of maybe six GOs there. He looks at me and I'm thinking, he's going to fire me right here. <laughs> and he, he asked me, how you doing, Brian? And so he knew my name, which, which amazed me from there. And he bought me a drink. That was back in the day when there was bar books and things like that. He asked me how my first couple of weeks were going. He told me that uh, some GMs had said that, you know, their kids were having a great time in the mini club and they loved me. So that made me feel good. And uh, he said, just keep up the good work. And I just, and then they left. And I remember thinking, Oh God, he probably wanted to say something about my, my five o'clock shadow, but I'll take it. And uh, I just, I'll always remember that. And I think I shaved twice a day from there on, just making sure I never had that feeling again. But uh, I do remember, that like it was literally yesterday.
0: I guess you couldn't pull the old argument that, well, it's cowboy night. Cowboys don't shave, right? I I, I would have had that one in my pocket. I don't know about you.
1: <laughs> I think it might have been there, man. I think <laughs> okay. you and I
0: think alike. I, I think that
1: was ready to go, but I didn't have to use it. <laughs> okay,
0: good. good. All right. Then after Sam Piper, you go to Crescent Butte Mini Club. I see her with Gus. So that would be Gus from Australia, correct?
1: Yes, Mr. Luke Neal.
0: Yes. Luke Neal. Wow. Okay. I I wasn't aware he did uh, crested butte. So, um, so did you learn how to ski in in Red Bluff? Like I know you became a ski instructor. So where did you learn? Did you learn at home in California?
1: There was a small mountain called uh, Lassen, Mount Lassen. That was about 45 minutes away from my house. And then there was Mount Shasta I think it's maybe the second tallest peak in the contiguous U S little well, fun fact. And they had uh that was about an hour and a half away and they had snow there. So I, I skied from a young age. So I immediately got to go out with the kids in Crested Butte, which was just a, a dream, but yeah, that I already had, I already had some ski knowledge.
0: Okay was there uh snowboards around in 2003?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were. There were <laughs> okay. we had snowboard instructors. Bruno Santos was there. He was teaching snowboard. We had a bunch of Brazilian guys, amazing guys. Yeah, and uh yeah, we had snowboard back then. I actually learned to snowboard in Crested Butte.
0: Okay. All right, good. And I assume Gus was uh, pretty heavy on animation, right? Because I, I worked with him when he was chief of animation. So I can imagine as a chief, he was uh he was everywhere and doing everything, yeah, right? Okay. All the shows and playing the violin and didgeridoo.
1: You got it. He his sister was there, um, Alex. She was our choreographer. By this time, I was I was very excited about performing. I, I I'll digress. I but back in Sandpiper. I was afraid to death the first crazy sign. I was in the back 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 and then I think one at one point Trevor grabbed me and said you're going to be at the front. Eventually, a Vlad Vlad was definitely a big part of that. He said you're going to be in some shows, man. You're going to love it. Uh, JP Delay, I still remember him telling me I, and I'd ask him, I'd be like, "JP, what uh, what happens after we go left, left, right, back, forward? And th- what what do we do then?" And he just looked at me. He's like, "Dude, just listen to the music and you'll be fine, <laughs> and and that's true. You know, you just go with it. And by the time I got to Crested Butte, I was all in on animation. So I I raised my hand for every opportunity to be on stage. And and de- and Gus definitely took animation very seriously, and I loved it for that.
0: And was it around nearing the end of this season that you thought you would like to switch from Mini Club, or or did you have that idea before Crested?
1: Well, uh, uh, you'll hear me mention Vlad Malin quite a bit because he, to this day is, is definitely one of my, if not my best friend of all time. And he, I got to work with him a little bit in Sandpiper and then he went to Turks and Caicos and I'd always, you know, I'd only been to a tropical Island once and it was on vacation with Club Med, the Paradise Island where I met you. And we can talk about that later, but, uh, I always knew that Turks and Caicos, I mean, adult village, heck yeah, sign me up. And But then you, you really needed to have a few seasons under your belt before you kind of got a chance to go where you wanted to go, unless a chief of village or sports said, hey, come with me. So in Crested Butte, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just going to go with my effector wherever she told me I needed to go. But Vlad had had talked to Josh Cryer, JK, who was the chief of sports in Turks while I was in Crested Butte and said, Hey, we need to bring this Brian guy over to Turks. He'll be great. And so my effector told me that. And when they when they offered me that position, the the land sports position in Turks and Caicos, I I didn't even hesitate. I was like, sign me up.
0: Okay. And Alessandro is your chief of village this season? In Turks, 2004.
1: Yep. Okay. the late Alessandro. He, uh, yeah. Another, I mean, I, I, I don't know who gets luckier than me with my, with my chief of villages, but I mean, it went from hammered all my all-time favorite Gus. I mean, you can't argue Gus. And then if anyone was lucky enough to work with Alessandro, you already know he was incredible as well.
0: So turquoise, everyone loves turquoise. Do you have a JoJo story? I'm required to ask you by law.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I don't even know. I must have seen him once or twice uh, in Turks. I've worked Turks and Caicos or Turquoise about, I think, four times, maybe five. I'll have to look at my notes. (laughs) But uh, I definitely saw JoJo every season. No really amazing stories other than he is amazing in himself. Uh, I did swim out and try to find him one time. I, I mean, I saw him cresting out in the water. Um, I was, I think locking up the security boat and I think I caught a glimpse of him because I had my goggles on, but uh, it was just fun to listen to the GMs, you know, because every, every time a GM would, would come and hope they would see him. If they got a chance to see him, the light in their eyes after saying, Hey, I saw Jojo. That, I mean, that was, that was enough. People love seeing him and, I, I is he still around? I don't even know.
0: Yeah, he is. That thing's going to outlive me and you, I think. I mean, amazing. I was there in '94, and that thing is still there.
1: <laughs> amazing.
0: <laughs> All right, anything else happened in Turks? A lot I can't talk about. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. I was looking for the ones like even I have clean stories from my first season. Turks. Yeah, honestly, I, tur- I, I do. Okay, but if not, it's cool. We can move to classes. Tons, crisis. Tons. Okay. Turks okay. and Caicos.
1: Turks and KO's my first season was phenomenal. Alessandro, JK, um, Steve Buckland. I didn't, you know, Steve Buckland was, I think that was his last season. I was a pleasure to meet him um, and hear all of the stories. And that's one thing that I, I have a lot of stories, but I loved listening to geo stories and and I was always the young guy. So it was, it was these guys had been around for a while, Arano stories, you know Jenner would come and do a, a season here and there and listen to him and Red just absolutely loved hearing those stories because I I was kind of at the beginning of my adventure with Club Med and um they those stories really just motivated me to try another season what what else is in store you guys have such great stories and and my my career in Club Med really was because of the guys and girls that I that I got to to learn from and hear from in in my early seasons.
0: Nice. Well, yeah, I I know I'm kind of hamstringing you a bit with with the turquoise, but um i um, what well, what about um the um New York the New York charter so huh. this must have been I guess your first encounter with yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: huh? Okay. Yeah, definitely different. Great. I mean, number one thing, they come in, and uh, I'm sure we all have a very similar story. They come in, you say, Hey, how you doing? Welcome. And, then, and they just look at you and go, What? What do you want? No, exactly. I, I need to show, show me where the bar is. Show me where the room is. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, <laughs> your, if it's your first welcome, your first couple of weeks at Turks, you're like, Oh, this is going to be rough. But you realize real quick, halfway through their week, they are a different breed. They're like, Oh my God. You guys aren't trying to sell me anything. You guys are great. You guys are having fun. We're having fun. I finally don't have to answer my phone. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to extend my stay for another week. And so, yeah, the the, the New Yorkers it, they were rough at the beginning, but always the best at the end.
0: Well, Even yeah, halfway
1: they, through, they were the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, they 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 brought the energy, right? They made it. Uh, they made it unique. Huge. Yeah. Huge. For sure. For sure. Now, so were you in ski instructor when you were at Crested Butte the first time? Did you have to get some kind of uh, paperwork in order? Because I see after Turks, you, you go back to Crested Butte as a ski instructor. So did was there some kind of diploma you needed or no?
1: Yep, yep. Oh, Every okay. instructor needs to pass uh, their level one. Uh, I can't remember the acronym, but there's, a, there's a, an official there's a there's a Canadian affiliation and then there's a uh, North America or, or an American uh, United States affiliation. I can't remember, CSA something or... Anyway, I had to pass a pretty pretty tough test. I mean, I was a pretty muscle kind of muscle my way through my skiing. The accreditation you have to pass is uh, it's definitely more... It's, it's actually geared around teaching. Like how do you teach someone to be a better skier? So you've got to... Not only be able to ski, but explain what a, a student is doing wrong or right um, and how to perfect or tweak their their style to improve their ability. Level one was tough. Level two, they say, was the hardest. And then there's three and four. And we had a few fours at Crested Butte. I, I only passed level one. I didn't even attempt level two. But yeah, I did pass that test uh, my second season at Crested Butte. It was great. Learned a lot.
0: And I see they sent another Australian chief of village there, right? Joey Templin. Yeah.
1: And another great
0: one. What was that like? Phenomenal. And he loved,
1: he loved uh, animation too. And I I found that even when I talk now, people ask, what's your favorite thing about Clement? And I'll say the people first, the, the stage time, the shows were so much fun. And then obviously the, the locations were great as well, but, but yeah, Joey was big on to, uh, to animation and he, uh, he had energy. I can't say a bad thing about Joy Templin. Such a great, great dude. And, and uh, yeah, great. Another, another great season.
0: Okay. So yeah, you kind of sandwich Crested in between two singles villages I see, because then after Crested you go to Cancun land sports in 2005 for the summer season with Hendel Duplessis, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, James Martin was still there, I think, when uh, when you, yeah. uh, you got there. Yeah,
1: he was yeah. either there or he came later. I think he's okay. probably there.
0: Yeah, he he was there. Like I was there, 2004, 2005. So when I left, you came in, and James uh, James was at sailing then. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're Martin, right. That, that's where I I met old MC Nut as we used to call him. Shout <laughs> out <to> MC <laughs> Nut He'll they'll find that funny. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, i got a quick
1: joke. i got a quick story about james can i oh, tell you yeah. real quick yeah yeah I'm, as
0: long as he, he doesn't mind you telling it no problem he doesn't <laughs> mind i'm sure i got i got a, a few fun
1: fun stories about james james is probably one of the smartest geos i know it's yes. funny because you, you talk to him and and you look at his lifestyle and, and just-
0: well, he's got that voice, guy. that voice, right? That ultimate that voice. laid back, yeah, chill, think, uh, Matthew McGonaghan, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> you think, oh, this is just a dumb surfer guy. Yeah. Man, he is probably the, one of the smartest geos I know. Yes. And, uh, and he, in Sandpiper, my first season, he was a bartender and then he switched over to sailing. And I remember I burnt through my bar books like crazy because of course, being a first season- you uh you don't you and me, I'd never danced and every night I gotta dance. So every night I'm having a few drinks, if not a few too many. And so after three days, I don't have any more bar books. And uh I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be an expensive job. So finally I I see James one day and he's like, Hey, I gotta show you something. I'm like, Okay, okay, we well, you know what? He's like, when you're having dinner. This is all you got to do. And he, he would grab water pitchers and he'd dump them out and then he'd go to the unlimited beer tap that we had in the restaurant and he would fill them up and he'd grab two bottles of wine. He'd sit down at his table with his guests and then they would just drink and they would have fun, have great conversation. And that was another thing that was tough. I never sat at a table with people I didn't know. And I learned real quick that I never needed to spend another bar book, especially, especially in Sandpiper, if, if James Martin was around. So that was a, a great trick of the trade. And I thank James for saving me probably thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and being on the blacklist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. So heard, but your, your time in Cancun, I think was a little limited because I heard a uh, hurricane. Wilma went through there, right?
1: Yeah. Short and sweet, but I packed it in. I mean, as you know, you, you did a season with Hendel. How many seasons did you do with Hendel?
0: Well, I did the I did the year there with him. You
1: yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have loved Paradise,
0: that. But yeah, no, yeah, it was a great it was a great year. Yeah, he he stacked that team like all legends, you know. So yeah, it was a pretty good, yeah, really good time. Yeah, I it, was yeah.
1: very thankful that I got to see the end of of that crew, and and J.K. was my chief of sports who came yeah. in That's and right. built another great crew. But yeah, to meet to to work with Simon and Joker and. Oh gosh, who else did you have there? I mean, you were there, obviously. Oh, we had Freddie,
0: um, Freddie at Waterski. Yeah, you know, Freddie Birmingham. Yeah. Red, Red was there.
1: Yeah, you guys were. That was a great. And I mean, I always consider myself the young guy learning and to come in and see how how a real party, fun, GM focused, you know, village ran, and you could still have fun and have the GM be really the focus. I mean, those vans that would take people to Daddio's and yeah. And uh yeah, that was that was a, another phenomenal season.
0: Did you have a favorite nightclub there? Mine was Coco Bongo. I was just curious if you were a Daddy O's guy or a Coco Bongo guy. Which one?
1: I, I remember Coco Bongo, the show that they put on with like the superheroes. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, this yeah. all the stuff
0: they did on the side. Like you have a guy yeah. sliding down the uh, all night, you have a guy sliding down the a uh, waiter with <laughs> with a tray of cups yeah. and he'd wipe out. And then the last time, I think the eighth time he nails it. So he was just pretending <laughs> to wipe out, you know, you know, there was always, yeah, there was everywhere you look, there was something going on, you know, they had the compression air on the, on, on the bar. So if the girls were wearing skirts, they would like, Shh. you know, I'm like, what is this place? You know, I've never, I've never been in a bar like that before or since. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was by far, the other bars were great, but that was the experience that was like, Whoa, this is so cool. I, I wish I would have had about, four more months to really, to really appreciate it. But yeah, I, I loved, I love my time there. And then, yeah, unfortunately Wilma came in and evacuated us and, and, you know, the rest is history. I I mean, I, I'm lucky to say
0: that I was the last,
1: the last one for the adult, the adults only era of Cancun.
0: Yeah. So when it reopened, it became a family village, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And then as usual, looking at your list, you sandwich a, (laughs) <laughs> Single villages with crested butte okay but this time oh you got my one and only he's not an australian he's american folks ryan leach love that guy was my first chief of sports i love ryan leach so tell me what's it like working with ryan leach
1: yeah ryan so ryan was kind of the guy that springboarded me into my next phase of club med i mean i was riding the wave i was you know summer village winter village, summer village, winter village. They, and you know what? They'd send me home every time in between. So I got lucky enough to go home for a few weeks and hang out with my family because I had to change my attire, right? You you don't travel to Cancun with your, your skis and your boots and your all that stuff. So they would send me home every year or every uh, end of season. Yeah. So I get to Crested Butte and Ryan is uh is awesome and he knows who i've worked with and we you know we're both california kids so we immediately bond he's like hey i've got a lot of projects going on and i want you to kind of run you know run with uh the animation and and not run with the animation as being in in charge of it because i was a ski instructor and you're on the slope the whole time but he's like i don't want to be in the shows as much as i have in the past and he it was hard for him because he's a showman he loves being in shows He's like, I've just got other things I've got to handle. He said, I want you to kind of be the the front. And so I did all the crazy signs, did all the shows. And then he's like, we want you to kind of move on into a you know a chief of sports role eventually. And this is a great way to do it. So another season, another opportunity. Luckily, I had a guy who was not a, a microphone, you know, hog. He wasn't like, I gotta be the guy. He he let me kind of be the guy. And again, another great team.
0: And I had a blast
1: that year. Another another great winter season.
0: Okay. So Ryan, like, kind of put you on the mic, right?
1: Then he put me on the mic. Yeah. Okay. I learned a lot about that. And it was yeah, uh, yeah. a lot easier said than done.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's something you got to do every day, you know, get beat up, go back and do it again, you know, until you yeah. get it right. Yeah. And of course, yes, after Crescent Turquoise Land Sports, summer 2006 with David Mayer.
1: Gosh, I did it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You, keep, <laughs> you keep Yeah. Well, no, but yeah. you're you're I mean, I, I can't think of anything. Like I'm from Montreal. I stayed 10 years in Colombia cuz I hate winter. So at least you're doing it right after, you know, whatever, 5 months of, of a snow season. Yeah, you know, I need some beach. You you know, you you do you would do you did exactly what I would have done, you know. Like totally. it's just for, fortunate yeah. you kept getting turquoise, right?
1: Oh god, I mean, couldn't it doesn't get any better, really. I think I got turquoise this time because and I, this is where it gets a little shady, or not shady, but uh hazy. Uh, is definitely the wrong word. Hazy is definitely a better. Okay. Word. <laughs> Strike shady from my comments in this interview, please. It is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if David Mayer was a, because David Mayer had been a ski uh, ski instructor at Crested Butte. And so I obviously knew him. I knew him my first season. He came in as chief of sports in Sandpiper. Then I worked with him a couple of years at Crested Butte. And I don't know if he asked for me to come to Turks because he knew he knew me. I definitely wanted to go to Turks. So it could have been me just saying, I want to go. But I got to go back to Turks. And I got to work his first season as chief of village. When you think it can't get any better, it always does. And uh, that was another <laughs> phenomenal season. David was an amazing chief of village. His wife was there. She was amazing. Um, his team, you know, you've always got hurdles if it's your first season. I, I can't really remember. I remember some issues, but but David is just, a, he's a gentleman and a scholar. You know, he's one of those guys that, he's just true a true person and he he was able to handle everything in every situation with a very kind and respectful way you know you hear those stories of chief of villages that are a little bit more on the authoritarian and dictatorship luckily i didn't work with any of those uh, and david was the opposite of that he was very empathetic and um yeah another great year no hurricanes i don't think yeah Great year. Great another year in Turks and Caicos.
0: Okay. And then I see you do chief of sport training in Xtapa. You reunite with Hammer, correct?
1: That's true. Yeah. I, I knew I knew that I was uh, or they they'd asked me if I wanted to be chief of sports and I said, Yeah, I, I feel like now I've got enough under my belt. I, I know the I know the ropes. I'd love a, an opportunity. Yeah. They sent me over to Xtapa. I think they were just opening up. And I got to work with Hammer for, I think it was a couple months and he let me kind of run the show and another, he, you know, if you're working with Hammer, it's the respect is there. You know, his, his GOs love him. And if his geos love him, then they're going to love the people that he's got, you know, in his management. And I had a great team and yeah, it was a short two months training. He gave me what he knew. And then he, he says, good luck kind of kicked me out of the nest and sent me to to good old Columbus Island for a whole year.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, before we get to that long year. <laughs> Meanwhile, yes, as I told you before, I did two and a half years there. So uh, that was long. But the chief of sport training was, was. but was there anything that you you hadn't done yet? Or like, I'm just curious what 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 they th- what he threw at you is there, um, Let's see what
1: what did we really do you Unf- know I I always wanted to go to a stage you know and I never had I, yeah. I, that was a oh, word no, you're, that was so yeah you're lucky
0: oh boy it was yeah. horrible I didn't learn a damn thing we were exhausted the whole time. You're eight hours in a classroom for God's sakes. You know, here you are your whole club career you're on your feet, you know, six, seven days a week and then they stick you in a classroom for seven, eight hours yeah. that was brutal. you 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 should be fortunate you did not do it. Like you had you had actual in-a-village training. You had Hammer there. It must have been awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compared to that, you're right. I would have I would have not enjoyed being in a classroom. And I, I did LSM training later on, and I, I did enjoy some of it. I, I remember hearing a story from JK. He we did Chief of Sports training back in his day, and it was like, get up as early as you can do every, every, you know, every single activity, Um, be the first one up the last man standing, whoever, whoever is still standing after a week gets promoted. You know, it's kind of an old school (laughs) way. And they realized that wasn't really the way. And then there was the other side, let's sit in a classroom and, and talk numbers. And yeah, there's some value to that, because, you know, you obviously have some things uh, that you need to look at on the business side, but uh, with Hammer, I think it was a little bit of both. You know, I needed to be up in the morning. Stapa wasn't really a party place. Uh, there definitely were some nights. So, but by this time, I mean, you know, I've done two seasons in Turks and a season in in uh, in Cancun. So, I was I was definitely trained well on getting up early and staying out late. And I and I was always an athlete, so that helped. Um, I'd like to think that I that I uh, I take people as kind of my priority. I realized that the, the teams were you weren't going to be any better than your team was. So, and and that's Hammer's philosophy. I think so. I I, mean, I couldn't have learned from a better guy, and yeah, I think I might have failed in Columbus had I not had the past that I'd had because Columbus was it was tough. It was fun, but it was it was definitely one of the biggest learning moments in my, in my club med career.
0: Well, at least you had a nice room to go back to, right? I mean, come on, you can't beat those rooms, right?
1: <laughs> no, there were and definitely that, and, some
0: perks and that beach, you know, like a near private beach, no one else is on it, but the club med people, you know? Yeah. Uh, were, were they still doing Wednesday night, reggae night, at the riding rock when you were there? Was that, was that still a thing or no, or no one was? No, there?
1: they, they did. They, we would go to riding rock from time to time in Columbus um, for those, uh, what were those uh, pina coladas and um, but it we didn't uh, guests didn't go over there, there wasn't anything that was structured at least. We would go over on our day off from
0: time to time, but
1: it was all pretty much right there in the village.
0: Did you ever go into Coburn Town to get Pop Tarts like I did? <laughs> Sorry, no, I, was, I, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I yeah, did. When I found there were Pop Tarts in Coburn Town, I was going every chance I got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. You,
1: if you've been there that long, you look yeah. for anything that reminds you of home, right?
0: That's right. That's right. Now, did you get to do any diving at all? Do you scuba dive? Did you learn or take a resort course? Anything?
1: Yeah. So I learned to scuba dive in college. Um, one of the one of the uh, required courses in um, the kinesiology teacher education course was you needed to um, do a water safety. And one of the options was to learn to scuba dive or take a lifeguard training. So I actually did both, and um, so I came to Club Med with a certification. So yeah, I I dove in Turks. Uh, I dove once in Cozumel when I was in Cancun, and then I I dove in um, in Columbus quite a bit. Saw some amazing hammerheads. Yeah, did a couple night dives. I mean, just when you and you know, I'm sure you've done this. You you tell people. Now, you know, yeah, when I was younger, I I worked in the Turks and Caicos Islands or in the Bahamas and people are like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then you tell them, yeah, and also did this, 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 and you you try not to, you're not bragging. You're just like, this is just, this is my life. Like, you know, people wait years to go scuba diving in Columbus and I did it four times in one week for free. (laughs) And it's, it's hard to, it's hard not to gloat, but yeah, what a life, you know, I'll always be very, um, just very thankful.
0: And your chief that year was uh Laurent Michaud, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, great guy. I mean, he talk about patience.
0: You know, you, you gotta think
1: if you didn't if you didn't choose your team and you look, you're looking at your your assignment list and you go, Okay, I got a first season American chief of sports, French. He's a one out of seven, and this is a French speaking resort. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you gotta think he's not too excited about that but I would never have known he utilized my, my sex appeal because I was a California kid and a lot of French, you know, the meet a California kid. It's kind of cool. So I played off that as well. And, and with his, with his assistance and, and another great team, I was able to survive.
0: <laughs> well, you, you you must have noticed, like me, the the years I spent in Columbus, I've never been at a club med where so many repeat visitors, like so many. So you must have been if you were there a year, you must have seen people at least two yeah. or three times, right? That that you right in ice, correct? I mean, people yep. love love that club med.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was the first time, and I, I learned a lot there. That it, for a while, I, I there was this weird thing of like you're coming to my village, so this is what we do. And and that's that's a little arrogance, of course. But then I realized in Columbus that the village is theirs. Like they they know everybody, they've been there a million times, they know what they want, they know what they've had, and they want they they want they don't want anything less. And I I understood that after about six months when I started seeing those return customers. So I, another great learning experience to realize that yeah, when you when you go somewhere. You expect it to be the same or better when you come back. That was a great uh, educational moment for me in my development in club med, and Laurent. It was his first time there, but he he'd been around a while and he he understood that. And yeah, it was that was great. I actually got to work with uh, Mike Clark. Mike Clark was my. Uh, land sports kind of polyvalent geo who later on became a, an amazing chief of village.
0: He's from Australia, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. You could see it. I mean, from, from I think he'd done two seasons maybe prior, but his energy, his, yeah, you, you, you get lucky when you get guys like that. I had, uh, I, I had a lot of good, a lot of good guys and girls on that team. It was I mean, uh, someone's looking out for me because I had great, great people, great teams.
0: And then they send you to open the newly renovated village of Extapa after this, right? Was Jean-Marc Desi chief of village?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if there was a break
0: there or if
1: I went straight over.
0: You might, you might've had a, I mean, cause you, you left Columbus in 2008 and then you started Extapa. I mean, maybe hopefully they gave you a, two, two weeks. Let's well, let's just say, hopefully you got two weeks. Probably. vacation. then. Yeah. And then um, opening up, uh, what, what did they renovate there? Was it a, was it a massive renovation? Huge.
1: Just... Oh, huge. Okay. Yeah. Big. Like they went from, I can't remember if this is when the four Trident or five Trident rooms came out, but they, they started a butler service or room service. A uh, I, don't, service? I, don't, I don't, I don't know if there was Butler. I think Butler okay. was at Cancun. So it might've just been room service but really nice rooms the nicest rooms i'd ever seen in club med
0: nice in columbus so
1: yeah. oh yeah yeah oh wow nice okay. yeah beautiful like brand new big bathtubs view of the ocean their own little pool there was an area they had their own private pool um but yeah a very amazing renovation i'd done a couple renovations i think maybe one prior to that and i did one after but this was the smoothest I I don't know why, but yeah, I got there and uh, Jean-Marc Desi was uh, the chef de village and I got to work again with my good friend, Jeff Sabapathy, who's another one of your Canadian buddies up there. Jeff, I got to work with, I got it. After this, I'll tell a story of Jeff, but yeah, I got to work with him and Mamdu. I don't know. Do you know Mamdu?
0: I, I know the name.
1: Yes. Oh gosh. We had a blast. Mamdu was chief of entertainment. Jeff was chief of uh, mini club and I was chief of sports. And then we had, um, Eduardo was our, our LSM. So he was on his way up to uh, become the chief of village. So, I mean, we had rock stars at the top. Jean-Marc had plenty of uh, experience in club med, so he knew what he was doing. Another great group of people. I got to meet Joe, Joe Pilon, you know, Joe. Oh I mean, yeah. Joe. Yeah.
0: Say, uh, she was sailing there, right?
1: Yep. stud. And, I remember uh, I,
0: we were, we were with her the night, like she was leaving. Like we, 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 we hit a bar we we're co- trying to convince her to stay out all night. So she'd have a better story. <laughs> yes. Stay out all night, arrive, no sleep. It's going to be a great story. I don't know if she ever took us up on that, but uh, yeah, I do recall being, within, being that with her girl. that night with a lot of ex-Gos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. She, stop, uh,
1: the, oh, she was amazing. She was amazing. Yeah. A bunch of great people there had a great season. I only did, I think six, I don't, I don't think I did a whole year. I think I did six or seven months.
0: Yeah. And I think you you took like a, a break after after that season. Right? I did. Because, I did. Uh, I took a break. Then you go back to Turkwise in, in 2010 for the geez, one, two. I think it's is your third time in Turkwise, I think. Yeah. Good <laughs> old yeah, Vlad. Turquoise. Yeah. Vlad called me up. I was at home. I was
1: teaching. Um, I had done the credential program. I was I was getting my teaching credential. And Vlad calls me up. He's like, hey, I, I need some help. And and I, I'm like, what do you need? He's like, I need someone to run the beach in Turks and Caicos. And I said, say no more.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. So So this this wasn't a case of, you know, just when you think you're out, they pull me back in. So you, you, uh, you were happy to go help them out.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I knew that teaching was a passion of mine, but I just wasn't committed to it. I I really, I knew there was something else I needed to do. So, and it wasn't Club Med necessarily, but maybe it was, I just, I still was, I don't know how old I was, maybe thirty. I mean, I started doing the math, but no, I was probably 30. I probably wasn't even, I don't know, 32. Anyway, yeah, I was still a young guy. And yeah, I went out there, I think right before New Year's, or maybe it was even New Year's. And uh, I'd never been a chief of beach before. I got to relinquish kind of that chief of sports title and uh, running the beach. I was always an avid sailor and I loved the water. So it was an easy role to, to, to go into. A lot of responsibility. I, I really have another respect for 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 water sports in general. You know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, but again, another another opportunity. I had a great team, half Canadian, half I, would, I think a Brazilian. I mean, I had a lot of guys that knew the water, knew sailing. Great, great season, Vlad. I mean, you can't have a bad season with Vlad.
0: Was he like LSM there? I think. Or, uh... I
1: think he might have been LSM, or he okay. might have been. He, no, I think he he might have been chief of entertainment. Okay. I don't know for sure. One of those, because I think the next time I went, because I did go another time, didn't I yeah. not? Yeah, in
0: 20, 2011, he <laughs> did yeah. like another seven-month stint with Bark, uh, Chief of Village Bark.
1: Yeah, I think he was the LSM on that
0: one. Okay. All right. And then 2012, okay, you're at Sandpiper. Okay, chief of sports for uh, another renovation, right? Um, yeah. Lionel Pirot. So, yep. uh, I guess, well, let me ask you this. What do you, I guess, were you saddened when you heard the news that sandpiper was, was sold?
1: Yeah. I think everybody, you know, when anything is done, you, you, you are, you, you have those memories and you, and you think that they're attached to that place and, and they, they, they kind of are, but, uh, but at the same time, they're not. You know, whether or not that village lasted another twenty years, do I? Would I wish I could go back and show my kids. I think that's the thing that I miss. I wish I, you know, could take my kids and do a little memory lane kind of tour. So the fact that I, I mean, I guess I still kind of could because it's still there, but it wouldn't be the same experience. But you know, Clubman is is evolving, so it's never going to be the same experience. I'm happy for. For Club Med to to make that deal, and I'm I'm hoping that they can put that cash into somewhere else and develop some other opportunities. And but that's the circle of life, right?
0: Yeah, you you might have already answered this question because you've already mentioned so many names. Because usually I ask people who did you enjoy working with, but I think you covered. I mean, but if 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 we left someone out, please please tell me because uh, I think
1: i know i did mentioned
0: okay well don't send don't send brian any angry emails guys the list you know would be so long that if you thanked everyone but i i do know you did mention a lot for each but if there's someone that comes to mind yeah. you know with the time we have left please please just tell me to shut up and tell me who it was
1: <laughs> yeah cedric kleisler cedric kleisler was a good a good guy he was one of uh, the guys i worked with on the beach tall big tall guy uh lives in florida now his mom is french his dad was american he they were club med uh back in the day and uh he became one of my good friends in in turks we only we only got a short six months but uh, we we met back up a couple times in sandpiper on vacation amanda pillow she was a phenomenal uh, girl that i worked with in cancun and i think i worked with amanda in the most villages not the longest period of time besides vlad amanda i, I think cancun turks and Caicos, sam piper and, and i think crested butte um jesse rachel you know we obviously both know jesse jesse's a phenomenal girl still a good friend today i think i mentioned boone i've mentioned jp delay still a good friend jk one of my best friends here in Crest or in uh, in las vegas um jeff sabapathy again so jeff real quick before i know we're, we're running low on time but jeff um his first season i think was sam piper i was just finishing my first nine months there and i was just i was the first person there every day the last person to leave because i just wanted things to go right i respected hammer so much i wanted things to go perfect and kids you had to make sure trevor ray was my chief of, of uh mini clubs so I, I i loved him too and then all of a sudden I've got like another month, and I'm just starting to feel that burnout. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still here, and I'm still doing this this magic number thing. And and Jeff comes in, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Jeff. What are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just doing the paperwork and getting these kids signed in, signed out. So can I can I do that? I, I'd like to learn. I'm like, 100. So boom, hand him over the book. Next day, I show up 15 minutes early. Guess who's 20 minutes early? Jeff. And he's got the book. He's got everything dialed in. And I just kind of took a step back and went, Oh, this is good. And then I'm there at the evening. He's still there. It's like, dude, just go home. I, I got it. And Jeff, I mean, talk about a professional. He just came in and I, the last month I just assisted Jeff. And if he needed something, I was there, but I'll always remember him just coming in and taking over. And it was his first season and he was just so dialed in And uh, luckily he and I got to do some, some villages down the road, Turks, and then Ekstapa, and really love, really loved working with that guy.
0: Yeah. Guys, guys like that are are one in a million. You know, you might, you're lucky if you get one on your team, right. Your sports team, but um, yeah. That are just from the get they're from the jump. They're just on it, you know, on it. Is there anything you miss about club ed, Brian? Do you have have to think about it at all? The
1: people. You know, the the beach is always the beach, and and by all means, the, the the beaches were beautiful, but the people are definitely what I miss because that's what I love the most about it. When it comes down to it, you know, we all <laughs> bled, sweat, tears, you know, up early, hungover. We we were all in it together, you know, and I'm sure you've used the analogy. I've heard it a million times. It's like the military without the blood and guts, but maybe a little bit of blood and guts and I not to take anything away from the military. Cause that's a, definitely a whole nother respect, but just the amount of time and hours and, and exhaustion and to know you're doing it with other people that are going through the same thing and, and you're doing it and you're living it and you're loving it. And uh, yeah, I, I miss, I miss seeing those people every day. And, and luckily we have Facebook now, so we can kind of connect uh, living in Vegas. I get to see a lot of them. But, yeah, I'd say I miss uh, I miss the people the most.
0: Yeah, you have quite a big contingent of uh, ex-Joes in Vegas, I see.
1: Yeah, lucky lucky for that. Very lucky.
0: Yeah. It's almost every every third interview I do, someone's in Vegas. So, I, yeah, I know there's a lot living out there, moved to there. So, uh, yeah, and JK, yeah, please, please give my best to JK when you see him. I
1: will. I will, I will.
0: Uh, let me ask you another question. Is there possible that you you had a magical season? I'm wondering if it's your first one because it was your first one, or do you just like them all for different reasons? Was there one that stood out to you? It's funny.
1: I thought you were going to ask me if I'd ever go back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I never asked that because I think we all, we, in a way, we all, we, we all would, right? Like a...
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Is there a magical season? Oh, man.
0: Like, is there wow. one that. For me, it was my first because I don't know something was just hitting on all cylinders. I mean, I, I yeah. do, I do, I do think others were special, but uh, I was just curious if you had that one. If you don't, it's okay. You can like them all for different reasons. I was just curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm with you. I think because I think I could say the first one because of so many reasons because it was such a a wow factor. But if I really analyze it, which I analyze almost everything it is the reason I had the full experience that I had. So I would, if I wouldn't, if I would have come in with a, a, you know, I hate to say it, but a a management system that wasn't as amazing as hammer. And, and there were a few, we all know. um, Maybe I wouldn't have done another season. Maybe I would have, you know, maybe I would have done one more, but to say I, you know, I had that crew I'd have to say the first one was just the one that really I'm the most thankful for. They were all great, but that first one is the one that I can give the credit to.
0: Talked a lot about crazy signs and dancing. So I have to know did you have a favorite one? Did you have a favorite? (laughs) Like, is is that one that comes on in the grocery store and you have to physically restrain yourself from dancing side to side and (laughs) clapping? Is Is there that one out there or no?
1: I remember, I remember doing. Sex bomb in Turks and Caicos with Vlad, and we had put this these the stage in um, the Turks and Caicos um, bar, and it was pretty high, and we were really close to the speakers, and it was one of those sold out weeks. And I remember the music being loud. I was on stage with Vlad and probably Amanda Pillow, Pascal. I can't I can't forget Pascal, one of my best girlfriends of all time. I mean, it was a short we I knew her for maybe a year. She's now married um with kids with and and she's I haven't seen her forever, but she was one I, I can't leave out. But we're on stage and uh and I just looked over at Vlad and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> We're dancing, there's all these people dancing with us. The music's loud, and uh, I can't say Sex is my favorite. It was definitely a great one, but I remember that moment of, of doing Crazy Signs. I love them all. I mean, anywhere from Ice Cream to Hands Up to She Bangs to – I mean, all of them. I, I don't think there was one I didn't like.
0: Uh, so okay, – Bigger yeah. person.
1: Than I am. <laughs>
0: yeah there's a couple that we did too
1: many times
0: (laughs) yeah well to me it was the la la Bonne franquette on elegant night you know in a sweltering theater and and the chief chief wants to do it four more times you know four Four more times times.
1: Uh, yeah i would have to okay i'll agree with you on that for sure that's (laughs) definitely
0: oddly yeah. now but oddly now I, I i can i can listen to that song and it, it, you know it, it actually touches me now i can't believe i'm saying this okay so there you have it okay I'm not saying i like the song but it, it, i just remember the good stuff now you know i'm sure like you you just you just focus on the positive like all the other stuff goes away and it's just the fun that you had right
1: it, that's exactly it you know any and we all had bad bad years bad maybe my bad years bad bad seasons or a season we thought wasn't our favorite but even that one that I have, and I won't mention which one it was, but now when I think about it, I only really remember the positive. I remember feeling really like ready to go, but, but I remember mostly the positive and I can't even think of a negative. I mean, if I really dive into it, I can, but, but I would do it all again. Even the, even the season that was the hardest, uh, I would do it again because it just, it built me. So.
0: Well, Brian, this has been uh, amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us here today.
1: Greg, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed listening to the other um, interviews you've done. And this experience has been fun for me because I've always, again, I think I told you at the beginning, I I always wanted to kind of draft my timeline so I could really get it down on on paper and, and think to see if I, if I'd done it right, is this really the year? And and you correct me a couple of times, but it's been a pleasure to, uh, to recap all that. Yeah. I, I I look forward actually to listening to this down the road and maybe even to share with my kids as they get older. So thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it.
0: Well, everyone that was Brian from Red Bluff, California. I know I can only say Red Bluff once I'm sure, but I like saying that. Red Bluff. like a cool place now living in vegas so uh what would you say goodbye to all our, all our listeners brian
1: all right everybody it's been great uh if you of you come to vegas let me know uh if we work together if we didn't um long live club med and maybe we'll re uh, reunite someday on a on a beach uh, and do a little hands up
0: thank you so much brian and we will see you all next week bye